From Don Draper's Whiskey Glass, it's the IGN DigiGuys. And now, please welcome two men who were rejected for Project Mayhem, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Oh, Mark, so... Halloween still has not arrived, but of course this show comes the week of Halloween, and uh, what are you going to do for Halloween? Even though we did our Halloween show last week. Yeah, because we did this week, people wouldn't have time to buy the titles we talked about last week. I have a, um, I have a dream costume for Halloween that I've never worn that I'd like to wear. You're a dream? How a dream have... costume. A co- so like you dress up as a dream? No, no, a costume I've always wanted to wear. Oh, I was going to say. Never had, I've never had the guts to wear it because you know i I've, I've known you for a long time and i've never seen you as being able to pass yourself off as a dream nightmare perhaps i agree yeah uh kind of in the more in the psychosis realm yeah anyway this dream costume is when, when i was in japan and this is like over 10 years ago yeah i spent three weeks in japan uh i bought a, a kimono uh-huh which i still have and i never wear because a kimono is not like a robe. It's not that. It's, a kimono is not like a plush thing. You no, know, it's like a. It's like a big reptile, right? It's it, the yeah. kimono dragon. Correct. It's like a. It's, it's they it's, have them like on the Galapagos or something like that. Yeah, and and uh, Marlon Brando wanted yeah. to eat one in, uh, yeah, in, exactly. in the freshman. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So I want to dress up as a geisha girl. I put on the kimono. I put white. I put white face paint mm-hmm. all over my face, mm-hmm. and wear sandals. Sure. And the little red lipstick, and yeah. I go as a geisha girl. Okay. That's my dream Halloween costume. Okay. Now, I would do it. The only, the, the only way I would do it is if I got invited to a party big enough that I wanted to impress people. Mm-hmm. And or I went with a girlfriend, God mm-hmm. forbid. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. How about you, Wade? Why don't you dress as something? Uh, you know what? I've got, I've got a baby daughter. We're staying home and uh, watching... Uh, you and know. nobody's coming to your house. No, they're not. For, uh, no, because you live like way up on some ridiculous something. Yeah, right? it's 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 it, yeah, we're we're the scary house. We're we're thirteen thirteen no, Mockingbird Lane. Nobody can find your house. No. Uh, anyway, uh, you know we should we should uh, mention a couple of things that are uh, TV releases this week. They're kind of Halloweeny. If anybody might still be able to track them down, one of them is Kindred: The Embraced, the original vampire saga. Um, did you ever hear about this? This is like this big splashy box set that they sent us. And I'm like, wow, the original Vampire Saga, Kindred, The Embraced. I've never heard of this. And uh, anyway, this is like a, this is a, a kind of a, a big deal, I guess, among some people. Uh, this is from Paramount via CBS Home Entertainment. And uh, it, the box itself is just, I mean, the whole set is just like really splashy. It's, got, it's kind of like a gothic book. And it's got all this, like, you know, uh, just galore crap in it. The Kindred Chronicles and uh, deleted scenes. And, you know, it's like it's just a book and all this Kindred Requiem thing. And it's just You're, like, you, you are out of the Target demo. I know. That. I must be. Anyway, I've never heard of it. It's, I mean, I, I thought I followed all these different vampire shows at least enough to know a little bit about them. And there are a ton of them right now. But uh, I don't know. Never, never even, never even heard of this thing. And it's a short-lived series, um, only a handful of episodes. But uh, they apparently are just crazy, crazy popular. And um, there it is. 
So I, I never heard of this thing. I don't see what the appeal necessarily is. But if you're into the, the Kindred, the Kindred, the Embrace, the original Vampire Saga, it, it's out now, fans. It's out. And also Primeval New World, the complete series, uh, which was originally shown on Sci-Fi here. Uh, kind of Halloween-y, you know. It's sort of like, uh, you know, Jurassic Park on television. And uh, I guess that's good for a scare or two. Um, it's an extremely well done show technically can't say that I think the actors are all that great it's a little bit like everything else that's on sci-fi you kind of feel like they're, uh, they're trying too hard but that's out on Blu-ray looks good right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, should I be yeah. saying something? Yeah, there you go. Should I be saying something? Uh, let, let's, uh, you know, we'll get back to some, some TV later but Mark, let's talk about music tell us what's, what's happening in the music world of this DVD morning. and Blu-ray that we should be uh, keen to uh, good music stuff this week, I have to say. Um, very highly recommended by me is a film that I saw at the LA Film Festival like two years ago and is finally out on Blu-ray called Ain't In It For My Health, a film about Levon Helm. Now, Levon Helm was the late drummer of the band. Uh, if you don't know the band, you may know the film made about the band, and that was Martin Scorsese's The Last Waltz. It was made about the band's uh, farewell performance. And uh, that was a great film, a classic Scorsese film. And uh, Levon Helm, who died, I'm going to say, within a year, uh, is the subject of the film. He's a very interesting guy. He, uh, he toured with Bob Dylan, and then he joined the band, and he really hit hard times after a while. And he was living in this very rural area, and he was in, he was in Woodstock. And he was so down on his luck that every year he would throw a concert at his home. It was like a charity concert, kind of at his home. And Billy Bob Thornton, who's a, who was a friend of uh, Levon's, would be there. And uh, the documentary takes us into this concert that he would have at his home every year. And uh, it's great. Eight in it for my health is very highly recommended. Uh, if I ever started a band, you know what I would call it? What? The Lap Band. You know, years ago, years ago, uh, this is how long I've, uh, this is how long I've known any, Norman Allstead. No, no, one would, no one would actually get that joke unless you're aware of the infomercials and the commercials advertising the, this lap band stuff. Years it's ago. disgusting. It is disgusting, the lap band thing. I you remember, yes. I remember talking to our friend Norman. Yes. The, the author of Crazy for the Storm, yes. which is going to be made into a motion picture by Warner Brothers. Directed by Sean Penn, Directed presumably Sean Penn. at the moment. Yes. Um, uh, he Norman, wa- Norman, who, you know, I met first day of film school. That is true. That's right. Uh he wanted to start a band. We were like, whatever, 20 mm-hmm. or something. Yep. He wanted to start a band. And, and at the time, I was in this mode where I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I wanted to take up the banjo. I don't know why. Maybe it was Steve Martin or something. I don't know what it was. So I told Norman I wanted to take up the banjo. And he said, and knowing that I'd be completely rejected. Because who wants a banjo in a rock band? Right. But Norman, of course, being very magnanimous, said, banjo sounds great. What are we going to call our band? And I thought we should call it the Rubber Band, Sweet. because I'm an idiot, and I thought that was funny, and uh, I was 20 years old. In fact, I remember even taking a, a box of Rubber Bands and making our little logo. They were like small round rubber bands, and that's... I spelled out the Rubber Band. Anyway, that's a true story. Uh, and, and also, the the best. Am I talking? I'm still talking music, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. By all means. Okay. Uh, also, uh, the best band ever. Yes. Best band name ever. Yes. The the. The. Th- have you have you never heard of them? No. Well, no, they're a band. They were a serious band called the the. Oh my gosh. Is that classic? That's hysterical. That's an actual band and an actual popular band. I mean, they're gone now. I think they're. I'm. 
I doubt I'm, they're active. I'm but. really looking forward to when CBGB comes out on uh, on DVD and Blu-ray because I had such a blast with that. Alan Rickman is so good in that. He's Alan Rickman's the best. I can't believe that. Alan, Alan Rickman in like looking as if he's like 25 again. But it's 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 like you know you're making. I mean, obviously the director and Alan Rickman had worked on stuff before, but you're making a movie about a guy. And this has nothing to do with DVDs and Blu-rays, but you know, uh, Hilly Crystal, who was sort of the godfather of uh, the the club owner, who godfathered all of these punk bands in New York at the time, not really realizing what he was doing. I mean, the real Hilly Crystal, he's he's schlubby, he's a, a total East Coaster, and he's Jewish, and he's got kinky hair. Does any of that say Alan Rickman to you? <laughs> no, but in the trailer, like the first shot of the trailer where you saw Alan Rickman with the kinky hair, it, you just you just want you just want to scream. It's just so awesome. It's just so great. Anyway, all right. Uh, in uh, two, in uh, 1992, the surviving members of Queen played Wembley Stadium to do a, a tribute concert for the late Freddie Mercury. And this concert is, I have to say, this concert is the shizzle. This is the shizzle. Yeah. There is great artists playing great songs. David Bowie's on here, Def Leppard, Roger Daltrey, Guns N' Roses, Elton John, Metallica, Robert Plant, Liza Minnelli. Uh, great stuff. A lot of these are Queen songs. There are some songs here that, are, that aren't Queen songs. But uh, there's great stuff in this. The Freddie, Mercury, the Freddie Mercury Tribute Concert Queen Plus featuring all these great artists. So... I would definitely check that out. It was done for the uh, Mercury Phoenix Trust, which is a charity formed after he had died from AIDS. And uh, it's great. Check it out. The Freddie Mercury Tribute Concert. Also, we have Deep Purple, Perfect Stranger Live. This was shot in 1984. So it's on Blu-ray, but obviously this is not super Blu-ray quality because the concert is like 30 years old at this point. Um, But if you like Deep Purple, go for it. Obviously, they play Smoke on the Water. And uh, which is their most famous song, and a bunch of their other uh, classics too. I was never a big Deep Purple fan. I um, like Deep Purple. However, I'm a huge fan of Morrissey. I've always been a huge fan of Morrissey. I love Morrissey. This is a uh, I, uh, this is a um, concert that Morrissey gave in 2013 at Hollywood High School. Now, um, Morrissey uh, was a guest on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and Jimmy Kimmel Live sometimes when they have concerts. They'll give the concert kind of right near Hollywood High, but not in Hollywood High. Um, so I, he was probably in town when he had done Jimmy. Um, anyway, it's very recent. It's from March, and it's got a lot of great Morrissey songs, and I love Morrissey. Um, November spawned a monster, and you're the one for me, Fatty, and uh, that joke isn't funny anymore. Um, a bunch of Smith stuff, too. Meet is murder. Uh you know, and a bunch of solo stuff, obviously, too. Every day is like Sunday, and uh, it's great. I think this thing is great. I love Morrissey. He's awesome. And check this out, Morrissey at Hollywood High. Nice. Finally, in the music category, we have Shrek the Musical. Um, now, Shrek the Musical, of course, didn't have to happen, but you know what? In this day of cross, the horizontally integrated, cross-platform, collateralized uh, Disney, you can't have Shrek the Movie without Shrek the Musical. So depressing. And this thing did win a Tony, though, uh, so I guess you got to give it that, but I'm not really into it. Uh, this thing does not need to exist. Uh, it's silly. It's for kids. Not my thing, but uh, if you saw the show, or maybe you will not be making it to Broadway anytime soon and want to experience the show at least a little bit, this is your only chance. Shrek the Musical. I'd pass. Nice. Awesome. The best. 
we've got a lot of classic movies today, and we're going to get to those shortly. But let me uh, let me go through just three um, foreign language films here, or well, foreign foreign films. Let's be specific: foreign films. Uh, you know, foreign language depends on whether or not it's uh, it's dubbed or not. Um, this is in both English and Italian. It's a Blu-ray of Hanging for Django by Sergio Garone. Um, you know, there are... Uh, uh, there's so many Django films. There's so many freaking Django films. Except Django, which is, not, which is like not on a Region 1 Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, isn't that bizarre? Why is... They have all the other Django's are on Blu-ray except for Django. It's bizarre. Anyway, uh, this is not one of the better Django films, but this has uh, been released by Raro Video, and they do, you know, mostly Italian kind of culty stuff, and... Uh, it's a nice transfer. I mean, it's really good. It's, uh, the, the colors are sharp, and the, the elements that they dug up are really, really terrific. It's from 1969. Um, but it's, as far as Django films are concerned, it, it's just not very good, and it doesn't really have anything to do with any other Django films. They're just kind of exploiting the title. Um, and uh, there's another movie we're going to be talking about a little bit later, an Eastwood film that is not a, a, uh, a spaghetti western, but which, you know, I would recommend instead. So if, you, if you're a Django completist and you have to own every movie that just has the word Django in the title, it could be like, you know, Vampire Django and Django Goes to Rome. I, I guess, you, you know, Hanging for Django is, is going to be, he's going to need to be in there, but whatever. Uh, Miguel Gomez is a really interesting filmmaker, and he won the Silver Bear at the 62nd uh, uh, Berlin Film Festival for Taboo, which is um, a little bit too artsy to be commercial on anybody's radar, but he's such an interesting filmmaker that you, you just have to, if you, if you just want to see movies that just kind of are like a fever dream and they just kind of you know, intoxicate your subconscious in this really uh, almost poetic, erotic way, uh, by all means, check it out. It's not overly uh, lengthy. It's two hours, but it, it breezes by fairly well. And uh, it's got a great song score to it, great soundtrack of a lot of old classic songs. Um, the, uh, it, it, the question always arises, is it anything like the, uh, the classic silent film, Taboo? And the answer is no, not at all. Uh, this uh, has to do with the uh, Portuguese colonial war, and um, it's kind of a melodrama, uh, kind of a, an homage to old classic movies, kind of um, kind of a genre splice. Um, I, I don't quite know how to describe it, but it's a, it, it's sort of all over the map. It's very dreamy and fever dreamy, and and symbolic and allegorical, and definitely worth checking out if you're if you're interested in uh, you know that kind of thing. Criterion has released a fantastic Blu-ray this week. It is, uh, it is first rate. This is Michelangelo, uh, Michelangelo Antonioni's La Notte. And uh, this is one of, the, of the, the great films of the 60s, one of the best films that Antonioni ever did. Um, this is... Uh, it, it just... It, it, it's right there along with La Ventura uh, in my book. The, most of these Criterion uh, transfers of late have been coming from, a, from 2K transfers. This is from a 4K transfer. Not that you're necessarily going to see all the detail of that on, on the Blu-ray. It, it's not even close. But in terms of the way that it captures the black and white, it is just uh, par excellence. It is just absolutely magnificent. And, um, you know, um, 
it, it, as far as Antonioni's films go, this may also this may be about the. I'd say this is probably the most the best photographed of his films. Um, I, I, I really struggle as to which which of them I like the best. La Ventura is awfully great. This is um, right up there in the top four or five. And what an amazing cast as well. I mean, what a fantastic cast. Um, just got to see it. You just got to absolutely see it. Um, here are the extras that you get on this. Uh, an interview with a, a film critic and a film historian from uh, Italy, whose names I'm not even going to try to pronounce. A new interview with uh, a professor on the role of architecture in the film. And then a trailer and a booklet that has an essay by Richard Brady and a 1961 article by uh, Antonioni, Antonioni himself. Now, Antonioni's career went a little bit astray later in the years. You know, before he died, he was making kind of sloppy movies that did feel like an old man made them. But La Notte is, uh, is just really magnificent. And uh, then real quickly, uh, some TV stuff. Um, before we have to get into all of the old classic movies that are the bread and butter this week. There's a guy named Jack Hanna who's apparently won a bunch of uh, Emmys for a, a, an, an animal show. And uh, he's not, he doesn't put himself at risk like the, uh, the croc hunter. Uh, he just he finds cute animals, and uh, if they're dangerous, he finds their offspring. And uh, apparently this is uh, really popular with a lot of kids. I never heard of it, never seen it, until it came in. And it's fun. It's fine. It doesn't really transcend any of those shows. There's a million of these movies over the years, or these, show, these TV series over the years. But uh, it's always nice to see people just uh, you know, showing you how you can handle dangerous animals without actually getting killed. And uh, you learn a lot about animals and their mating habits, and uh, somehow it's a kid's show. And then uh, also The Mentalist, which uh, I always enjoy watching just because I have uh, bumped in. Well, not bumped into. You do into. not enjoy watching that. You do really? Uh, yeah, well, because I. How is that? That thing's been out for 10 years. Yeah, well, because I, I occasionally see Simon Baker at, uh, at Whole Foods, and he's always buying uh, low fat yogurt. So I always know what to buy to stay healthy and look good because if you want to be like You want to be like a celebrity? want to be like a celebrity. That's right. So, th- but this is what makes celebrities paranoid because they know that when they go to the store, you, people are looking at what they're buying. Of course. Oh, my God. Simon Baker uh, eats Honey but, Nut but Cheerios? He's, but he's at Whole Foods. People aren't necessarily looking at him. They're looking at the other celebrities. Because he's kind of second tier, right? Oh. Anyway, this is the complete first season of The Mentalist on Blu-ray uh, from Warner Archive. They have uh, decided that this is probably not popular enough for, to you know, do mass distribution on Blu-ray. So you can go to warnerarchive.com and... And get yourself for the first season of The Medalist on Blu-ray. Most people who really love the show are probably just uh, not that demanding and are perfectly satisfied in getting getting it on regular DVD. Anyway, uh, no, really, the first season of this thing is a little bit sloppy. Uh, It hasn't really hit its stride yet, but, um, you know, it's the the first season of The Mentalist. Go, Mark. Uh, Wade, um, Christopher Guest has a a new show. It's actually not that new anymore, but... uh, it's called Family Tree, and uh, I like this show. This is a cute show. It's not really getting much traction. Uh, people really aren't like super duper talking about it, but it's a good show. I like it. It's um, in the uh, in the show, which is on HBO. Um, this uh, guy, it's Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids. He was the guy with the accent, the cop from the with the accent from Bridesmaids. He plays this thirty year old guy who uh, you know he's he's going nowhere in life. He inherits this this box. From I think it was his aunt, as I remember back on the pilot, uh, from his aunt, and he opens it up and he finds all these little oddities and little tchotchkes and whatnot, and it spurs him on to try to find all of his lost family members. So each week, 
using a combination of script and a little bit of improv, he goes to another town or meets another family member, and they interact with him. And it's interesting. It's very insightful. It's, it's a little bittersweet. It's a little bit quirky. It's, it's a bit of a gem. I, 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 I like this show. I, I wish this show would get... It, it's, not, it does, it's not violent, you know, like a mob thing like The Sopranos or Dexter or something. You know, it's a, it's a quirky little gem, and that's not really going to, like, take the world by storm. So I, I understand why it doesn't really have that cultural traction that some of the other shows have, but it, it, it is really terrific. Family Tree. Uh, less than terrific is the third season of Nikita. This is on the CW, which means that everybody is just so gorgeous beyond all belief. It is unbelievable. I want to live in a world where everybody, everybody lives in a... I, I want to live in a CW world. No, no you don't, because, because then you wouldn't recognize anyone. It would be like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We'd all be clones. And Actually, it'd, it'd even, be creepy. even worse, if we lived in a CW world, I would be even more dateless than I am now. Mm-hmm. Because in the CW world, all the guys are so hot. Yeah. That, but then again, I'd be unique. See, once the girls had already slept with all the hot guys, then they could sleep with the fat guy. Because I'd be the only one. Because there are no fat people on the, C- on the CW. You'd be unique, but people would catch you. You know how they would catch you? Uh, they would, uh, uh, what? 